tell you one thing, if another green man pops out of me, I'm shooting first and asking questions later. They're coming to get you, Barbara. You are on the verge of destroying the entire universe. You're listening to Creeps in the Night with Sam and Logan. <laughs> Welcome everyone to episode 7 of Creeps of the Night. Sit back, relax, and suck down your favorite COVID remedy, because it's me, Logan Marks, and Sam Baxter. So what's been going on, Sammy? Well, I started, you know, I was, I, 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 they had a uh, promotion for stars. You know, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'll check out stars. You know, I haven't, I don't pay for stars. And, you know, it was like basically $3 for three months. So I'll check it out. And so I got on there. Oh, that's and, not bad. Yeah, that's 3 bad. bucks for $3 for three months. I'm cool with that. So I got on there and there's a movie called Monster Hunter. And I never seen it. And then it's like, you know, it's got Tony Jaa. I remember him, you know, from a lot of his mm-hmm. movies in the past. You know, Tony was, you know, he had good martial arts, you know, Ong Bak and all that stuff. And I started watching it and I was like, you know, this this movie and it has Mila Jovovich. And it was okay, but it was... Big fan of hers? No, I mean, I had a hard time because, you know, like she gets cast in her husband movies and like, like, especially Resident Evil. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think what pissed me off is because I liked Resident Evil a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, the game, I used to play those. And yeah. then the movie was like, she was a character that wasn't even part of the, of the movie of the game at all, and like Paul W. S. Anderson, her, her husband, like he just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna put my wife in there, you know, and it's just know. like I'm gonna write you a role. Yeah, I'm gonna put you a role, <laughs> and you're gonna be the main star. And I think that they weren't even dating at that time. I think that's how he, that's how he fucked her, you know, or something. You know, <laughs> because like, he, did, he did it all for the pussy. He did, but I mean, it's just you know. So anyway, she's with Paul W. S. Anderson in this movie. He does this movie again, and. It's not that I hate her. I don't hate her because I thought she was great in The Fifth Element, and she's been in a few other movies that I can't think of right now. But I'm sure she's been okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been a big fan of her. I've always liked most of her movies. Yeah, most I mean, she, she's okay. But I mean, in this one, I was kind of like, you know, the CGI was really good. You know, like I said, Tony Jaw's in there. You know, he he's good. You know, they have a couple fight scenes. I don't I don't see her beating him up. You know, or, or holding her own on him. But again, of course, they made it seem like she's their equals and. It was it was okay. It was the story was pretty pretty lame, and it took me like two nights to watch it. Like I watched half of it, like three quarters of it, the first one, and by like you know half of it, I was already on my phone. You know, I was kind of reading <laughs> shit and you know whatever else, and I was like, oh, fuck. You know what? Because I I also watched this movie and I had that same experience. Because at the beginning, I was I was like, man, this is really good. Yeah, it's good action. I love this this the the. The CGI was amazing. It like was the, really, the, all they, the all the monsters looked really good. They, they did. The 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 world looked really good. And then like halfway through, I just like, who, I I just stopped caring. Like who fucking cares? Yeah, this who, is. Yeah. And 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 it ended, and I was like, yeah. And you know, honestly, I don't even remember how it ended. I think I might have fallen asleep on the second I night. <laughs> I like, like I I can't remember how it ended, and it was like I don't really give a fuck to look back either. Like, yeah. See, my my wife loved it. She watched the whole thing, and and. I kind of just wandered off, and mm-hmm. she watched the rest of it. And I was like, "What's well, so what happened?" She was like, and she told me, and I even forgot what she told me. Yeah, I don't even remember. How it <laughs> That's how unimportant it was. <laughs> That's how great it was. <laughs> and it might, you know, maybe your wife liked it because you know, it was, you know, girl, you know, empowerment type thing. I don't know. No, well, she likes like the monsters and yeah, I do and, too. I'm just and stuff like that. No, nah, it was kind of a her thing. Yeah, you know, and I like that stuff too. I just, I just felt it. Like I said, I just got bored and. I like action movies, you know, I like those movies where you don't really have to think, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's not like plots and figuring out and trying to decode things. 
And and that's that's why this should have been up my alley. But I just I just kind of got bored with it. I don't know why. It just wasn't it wasn't my thing. You know, Ron Perlman didn't really help it. I mean, it. Yeah, and I thought that, I saw he was in there, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's gonna be cool. And then they nope. had some sort of cat animal thing. Yeah, he was in there, but it was just he just didn't really do much. I mean, I don't know. It was just I felt like he was kind of pointless. Like, I think he's just you know trying to get a check or something. But I just remember know. was there was there some sort of like creature thing that was. That, like a cat or something that uh not that, that I remember been? no no they were humans they were they were just you know from the other world I, that other world they were in I swear there was some sort of weird creature that that was hanging out with Ron Perlman you know if there was that's how much I must have been you know <laughs> not focused because I don't really remember that and maybe there was and I just don't give a shit <laughs> sorry it just it wasn't that great and I don't know I'm sure a lot of people liked it and you know, I, I gave it a chance. I won't watch it again. I really don't care what happened at the end. But yeah, everybody, check it out. <laughs> check it out. <laughs> Just watch the first half of it, but don't finish it. Yeah, then you'll be disappointed. It was like I said. It, they seemed like they were going to be badass with those weapons, and I just didn't give a fuck. I was like, <laughs> I was like, fuck. I, I should like okay. this, and I don't. Yeah, I saw. I saw another movie. Just, just had that same experience. Okay. Um, and I and I figured like. Because Hugh Hugh Jackman was on it, so okay. I was like, "Oh, it's gotta be, it's gonna be good." It look, it was really sci-fi looking mm-hmm. in the in the trailer, mm-hmm. and it was on HBO, and it's called Reminiscence. Okay. Uh, I have not watched that one. It's, he's like a, he's like, it was. I I didn't really know what he was. He was like a private eye, or he was like, but for some reason he was like, uh, people would come to him, and he would, they would pay him to put them in their memories so they can relive their memories kind of like you put them in this like this bathtub with electrodes on them and then Mm -hmm. and they would be able to replay old memories of people like let's say like your wife died or whatever and you're like oh i miss my wife and i want to go back so it felt like you were actually actually back in that time that memory okay so you can kind of relive it what what, Um, why would he be the one doing it I I thought it was weird because it was like this technology that you can. It seems like you could do it on your own, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but like they had to go to him to do this because he had this the 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 whatever the that technology tank. to do it. Yeah, yeah. The, he had the, the tank, whatever it was. Yeah. And so what's and the point for of some this? reason? The, for, for some reason, like uh, somebody was uh, for for some reason this lady comes in and he he meets her he goes on a date with her and he's like obsessed with her and he's, she disappears and then he has to go find her and he's trying to look for her and then he's but i guess if he uses te- this uh this technology too much it 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 basically messes up your brain oh, okay. it, it could give you brain damage but 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 he's he's like going into he ends up like keep going into the into the tank so he can try to Live, relive the memories to find out like he try to find clues mm-hmm. to to find her again okay in the memories you know like so he could see different because you can you could see different things while you, every time you relive it so you can you know find find uh, evidence of things or you know so you can figure out what's going on that so but he was doing it so much that that he was he might you know he might get brain damage but it's 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 just like a it's kind of like a det- those old detective movies where the girl comes in and she's like, oh, I need your help. Mm-hmm. And then the detective's like, oh, I'll, I'll go out there and yeah. don't you worry about it, sweetheart. You know? <clears throat> yeah. But they try to like give it a futuristic Sci-fi. edge. Yeah. 
but it I, just it just fell flat. I just didn't what? understand it. Yeah, I just didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> didn't even care. I was like, huh? Yeah, it was like, is this a memory or what? Who? It was like by the by the middle of it, I didn't, I don't even know how it ended. <laughs> You're like, I don't even is know if it monster? ended. Yeah, <laughs> it might still be playing. So, so yeah, this and I read the good, synopsis huh? and I was just like, uh, I was like, really? It, it went like off on a tangent, kind of to me. I was like, when I read the synopsis about it to see what it was about, because. I was like, I'm not gonna rewatch this. Yeah, and I didn't even. Yeah, and it was just like this, like this stupid plot. And I'm like, what? This? What the hell is happening? I, I, I can't. I can't fathom why this movie was even made. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge, huge Jackman fan, and I, I saw this, and I saw this came out to HBO, and I was, I was contemplating watching it, but I just, like, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Like, I, I don't like X Men. And, you know, mm-hmm. I know how he's real popular for that. I know he's done other movies, but I just don't think he's that awesome of an actor. So uh, this one, I just couldn't bring myself to see it. I mean, I, I can see where you're where you're coming from. Like, it's just like both of our movies we saw were just duds, I guess. I mean, yeah, they uh, they were good. Like, I, I actually liked the Monster Hunter better because it actually had a first. It was entertaining for the first half. Mm hmm. So I was like, oh, at least it keep me busy for like an hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Four or five minutes. But this was just confusing the whole way through. I just didn't understand why anybody was doing anything. I don't know. I, I, I get. You know, I, I see. I feel like there's some shows. Like, remember I talked a while back about that show Dark, how really confusing and and like you know time travel and this and that. And they try to they just keep trying to outdo each. I feel like this is like M Shyamalan, M Night Shyamalan type things where. They keep wanting to give you all these, you know, plot twists, twists that are just so yeah. fucking amazing. And I don't know, maybe we're too stupid. You and I are too stupid to care about it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it went over my head. I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, was, so it sucked, not me. It, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the problem. I'm the problem, yeah. not the movie. Oh, God. That's awesome. Well, we should probably move on, huh? All right. So before we get to the scary, we're going to do a little bit of funny. We're going to read the weird and wild news so we'll take a break and we'll be right back all right so you know it's getting to halloween so you know more creeps will be coming out at night but got this first story here a motorist is facing multiple felony charges for allegedly exposing himself to a series of toll collectors working on a florida expressway so mark oh. filia 41 was arrested saturday and charged in connection with a one-week exposure spree that began on august 31st and victimized workers at three separate toll plazas in osceola county <laughs> victimized workers <laughs> I know. <laughs> like all traumatized. I know, I know. Philia exposed himself seven times while passing through the cash lanes of the plazas, according to a rest report. In interviews with Florida Highway Patrol investigators, toll collectors said they saw Philia, quote, had no clothes on and was showing his privates and touching his penis masturbating, unquote. <laughs> so everybody oh, saw this. This guy's got a lot of ambition. He does. So Philia, cops say, was identified by the individual toll collectors through a photo comparison and his identity matched exactly. He was arrested at his residence in St. Cloud and booked into a county jail on six felony exposure of sexual organs counts and one misdemeanor exposure charge. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know why you would do this shit. I mean, <sighs> expose yourself some other way, but come on, man. This camera's here. Like, why would you do yeah, this? Maybe, 
maybe that's what he needs to get off. That's the only way he can masturbate. Oh, that's man. why he was touching himself. Are we are we to that far point in our lives? Are we do we need to go this fucking crazy to get <laughs> off now? I don't that's know. That's what the internet has done to us. I know, man. <laughs> so it's Mark Filia, yeah, he's yeah, I know. <laughs> so poor Mark Filia, he's a victim. So <laughs> hopefully, he's a victim of internet porn. Yep. So hopefully, uh, yeah, who knows what will happen to him? But I guess, man, those of you don't do this at home. Even in Florida, as wacky as Florida is, I guess they don't they frown on this too. So <laughs> don't do it. So I got another story. It's kind of similar. Um, so a Boston woman, Joyride, nearly derailed negotiations in a six-hour armed standoff in Florida. Hmm. So according to the affidavit, Jessica Elizabeth Smith, 28, drove a golf cart past several marked sheriff's vehicles uh, <laughs> that responded after an 18-year-old Miles Abbott climbed onto a roof of a uh, dooned-in home and pointed a gun at them. So mm-hmm. Smith, the woman, who uh, Pinellas County uh, deputies said exhibited exhibited a distinct odor of alcohol, was completely naked, and <laughs> has been charged with, a re- with resisting an officer without violence. Uh, Abbott, which is a guy with the gun uh, on top of the house... Was uh, ultimately apprehended by SWAT team officers and transported to an area hospital for treatment of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. He he faces multiple charges, including loitering and prowling, <laughs> aggravated assault on law enforcement, felony to felony in possession of firearms, carrying a concealed weapon, resisting officer without violence, and grand theft. God, Smith, damn. the woman, meanwhile, is accused of in the affidavit of ignoring a deputy's commands to leave as she approached the house at the center of uh, the Abbott standoff. The affidavit also states that Smith's actions and inability to follow directions put multiple uh, deputies at risk for potentially getting shot at. Hmm. So she drove a golf cart into <laughs> naked into the, into the, um, the standoff. I see no problem with that. I see. I feel like she you was know, trying to resolve the issue. That's I would I would think that would that would be a big help. They I should think be so giving too. her like a like the key to the city. She or should. Or... She should get some type of reward for this shit because this <laughs> bitch is a damn savior. She's a fucking hero, man. She is, man. She's a victim on this one. Fuck. First guy, he's a victim for jerking off because of too much porn, and this girl's trying to just just cause peace with the naked woman's body. Who doesn't like the naked woman's body? Fuck. I guess these cops don't, huh? These cops in Florida. <laughs> Florida again, know. man. Florida does it again. Yeah. You're fucking it up, Florida. <laughs> You're fucking up for the rest of us. All right, so I got this new one here. And this I can relate to this one. When you welcome a baby into the world, it's likely you'll want your loved ones with you to help you through this difficult labor process. I know I did with all my hundreds of kids. But one mom was left fuming when she brought her boyfriend to the hospital with her as he packed his Xbox and some video games to play on the TV in her room. <laughs> Taken to the joint TikTok account, Anxiety Couple, at Anxiety Couple, the mom shared a video of herself in a hospital bed before showing her partner, who is now her fiancé, stood next to the TV with an Xbox controller in his hand. In the video, the mom says, So I might go into labor today and my boyfriend is doing this. And you can hear him saying, Babe, why did you bring your Xbox? And he replies, One more game, I promise. So he's all, he's all gaming while she's, while she's in labor. What else is he going to do? Yeah, I know. He's not, like he can't he can do, do anything. anything. Yeah, he can't do anything. 
It's like he's just it, waiting for waiting for shit to happen. Exactly. Yeah, he's got to just hang out. He has no he has no part in this. He can't you can't you can't <laughs> urge anything along. He already did his duties as a man. Yes, he did as a man yep. nine months ago. Yeah, so uh, he's done. Yeah, he's done. He's, yeah, for the rest of his life, you know, he's done. He's, he's, <laughs> the rest of his life. <laughs> she's on the hook now, David. No. Now, now, she, now it's her turn. You know, yep, he, did, yep. he did his job. Now she's got to do hers. Now I need you to do a favor for me. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so the mom was understandably concerned about her partner's behavior, and she captioned the clip: "He's going to miss his son's birth due to the Xbox." Which I understand. The Xbox. I'm hooked on my Xbox, so I fucking get it. Um, some people posted they found him selfish, while others agreed with him and said that that they did the same thing. So I guess other guys have been in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, just something that happens. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, no problem. Sounds good. <laughs> um, I guess later though, she revealed that she was just kidding and um, she didn't mind him playing, and you know, she's the one that told him to bring the Xbox again. She could either be doing this for TikTok likes or maybe she, you know, everyone jumped down to her like, fuck you, bitch. He can't do anything. You know, like like we were just saying, you know, he has nothing else to do. So then maybe she had to rescind it and be like, no, no, I planned this. I this know. is my idea. You know, like I'm the good girl. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Because I mean, what are you, you going to do? Because you're, you're just sitting there waiting for shit to happen. I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> like I said, I with mean, all my kids, it, I did that. I just fucking yeah. hung around. They were lucky I was there. God damn it. So. Yeah, I don't well, know. I'm, oh, I'm, did the baby come out all safe and? Uh... Yeah, but no thanks to him. He couldn't do anything. He's not a doctor. <laughs> He's, he had no part in that. Like you He's said, busy. he he gave her his gift already. Yeah, that's true. So gift she, of life. Exactly. So she should be thanking him for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I got a story from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, the girlfriend of a man accused of stealing a rental car from the next. Uh, the Nashville airport called police to turn him in for reward money while allegedly riding in the stolen car. With oh, him. God. <laughs> oh, God. So, according to the Metro Nashville Police affidavit, the theft originally took place in July when when a chance Mogeron jumped the corner of a rental car facility at an airport, grabbed the keys, and fleed in a 2017 Dodge, Char- a Dodge Charger. Police say in the process... Uh, Mongeon drove down one way a one way road over two spike strips while fleeing police. While fleeing, uh, police were able to spot the stolen car on the I twenty four, but uh, Mongeon did not stop for police. Oh, Mongeon! So at the time, so basically at the time, <laughs> dispatchers received a call uh, from the girlfriend, identifying it as Chris Christia Cardwell. Cardwell told police that she knew where where Mongeon. Has stolen the car, or she knew that he stolen the car, but would not reveal the his intentions or where the car was at until she received the reward money. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Quote: uh, She knew the law very well and didn't have to give him up." Uh, police <laughs> say Cardwell told them she, that she actually that she was actually in the stolen car and would give the exact location only when she got the reward money. <laughs> Um, so police, <laughs> police ended up, <laughs> I know, police caught up with the 38-year-old Cardwell, and she was booked into the uh, Davidson County Jail on, for uh, accessory to the fact that uh, Cardwell's attempt to harbor the 
the fugitive intent to hinder his arrest and refuse to provide aid to assist in his arrest. <laughs> refuse to provide aid. That's what a dumb bitch. That's all I can say. Oh, Nashville. That's funny. That she's calling from the car. I know. I know. I know where he's at. I know where he's at. Give me the money and you can have him. What? <laughs> oh, I was man. like, is that all you have to do? I know, fuck, this is a fucking foolproof scam. It's like, jeez, <laughs> well, yeah, but one of us no, is going to go to jail. <laughs> they uh, found they found the, the, way to, the way to make it happen, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they both went to jail, so <laughs> dumb bitch. Oh, that was good. That was pretty funny. All right, so we're going to take a break and get back. We'll do uh, five minutes of creepy. back with five minutes of creepy got a little story for you and this one's called dragonfly one night sarah heard scratches at her bedroom window she quickly buried herself under the covers and wrapped her arms around her knees she dared not look towards the sound because she knew the dancing shadows from the streetlights would set her mind running wild with all the scary things that can go bump in the night she squeezed her eyes shut and slowly counted down from three two one They made a mad dash to the light switch across the room, hoping nothing would grab her legs from under the bed. As soon as the light filled the room, the noise stopped. Without any hesitation, Sarah ran to her parents' bedroom and crashed through the door. Her father bolted up and looked around in a daze. He suddenly came to his senses and hugged Sarah and assured her that it was just her imagination. He swept her up and took her back to her room and tucked her into bed. He told her Sarah about a silly bear that loved to climb trees. She listened with her eyes closed. After a few minutes, she pretended to fall asleep and listened as her father quickly left. When she was certain he was gone, she ended up sneaking into her brother Joey's room and cuddled up next to him for the rest of the night. A couple nights later, Sarah was in the bed attempting to sleep when she began to hear the scratching sounds coming from the window again. The scratching slowly became a rhythmic knocking. With every light pound on the window, she became more drawn to the sound. As the noise continued, it started matching with her heartbeat. She could no longer tell if the sound was coming from her or outside her body. Sarah poked her head out of the covers and peered towards the window. She saw the streetlights cast a shadow into the curtains, which looked like images of dancing creatures. She rose out of the bed and cautiously moved towards the window. She gently pulled the curtains to one side, and as she looked out the window, she saw what was making the noise. It was a thin, bug-like creature about four feet tall, in a bright white spacesuit. On their backs buzzed translucent wings, and the creatures had the most beautiful eyes she had ever seen. They were so big and dark, the thing looked like a half-man, half-dragonfly. Sarah could feel it trying to communicate with her, a scattered array of images and an angelic sound which reminded her of her mother's wind chimes, all combined together to create what seemed like a movie in her mind. She felt euphoric and calm, and when he asked her to open the window to let it in, she couldn't help but be persuaded. Are you an angel? Sarah whispered. She quickly opened the latch to the window, and the bug-like creature pushed its way in. He jumped down to the floor and looked around the room, curiously touching and feeling everything. She could feel the breeze from the flapping of the small wings as it slowly walked up to her. 
Her mind is filled with images of the creature giving her warm embraces, and angelic wind chimes noises sound off again, and he communicates with her. You have friends? Sarah asks as she looks to the window and notices two other bug-like faces peeking back at her. They hop into the room and begin inspecting everything. One picked up one of Sarah's dolls and became infatuated with it. You can have it if you'd like, Sarah tells the creature. The creature turns its head towards her and then looks back at the doll, then shoves the doll into a small satchel it carried and continues with its business. The main creature plops himself on Sarah's bed and gestures for her to sit with him. They both made themselves comfortable as the other two investigated the room. Sarah rambled on telling him everything about her life. He agreed that she could call him Dragonfly. He relayed to her that she was very special and to never tell anyone about them. She promised as one of the other creatures pulls a wand-like device from his satchel and gently places it on her forehead. The words, we'll be back, echo in her head as she slowly loses consciousness and slips into darkness. Sarah had woken up with a stomach ache. Her body was sore and she felt a dull pain in her chest. She kept trying to remember what had happened the rest of the night, but when she tried to remember, she would get a sharp pain in her head. She wanted to tell her parents what happened, but she didn't want Dragonfly to get mad at her. She continued with her week, going to school, playing with her little brother. She wondered if Dragonfly would come back. She didn't want him to either. As time went on, she started having nightmares of Dragonfly's visit. Her body was rebuilding the neurons in her brain. Little by little, each night she slept, she would recall more and more of that missing time. Each horrifying minute of them invading, probing, and injecting things into her body. How can Dragonfly do this to me? I was his friend, she thought. Sarah was scared she didn't want it to happen again. She knew he was coming. It was only a matter of when. Sarah laid in bed night after night waiting. Then it happened. She heard knocking at the window like before. She raised from her bed and slowly walked to the window. She pulls the curtain open and sees Dragonfly waiting for her. The wind chimes begin to play in her head and the euphoric sensation washes over her. She sees images of her opening the window for him. She reaches out and hesitates for a second, then unlocks it. Immediately, Dragonfly crawls into the room while his two companions follow. Sarah watches them as they get themselves situated. Dragonfly looks at her with his giant dark eyes and he can tell that she's upset. He proceeds cautiously and sends images telling her to sit on the bed with him. They both sit and he proceeds to tell her how special she is as she notices the other creature lurking forward with the same device that made her forget the last time. She felt that whatever they did to make her forget last time didn't work. She felt as if though she wasn't supposed to remember anything, but somehow she was able to. Because of this, she hoped that this would give her the upper hand. So just before he places the wand against her head, Sarah pulls a sharp kitchen knife from under her pillow and slices Dragonfly's throat. He jumps back and places his hand against his deadly wound trying to stop the bleeding. A thick toothpaste-like substance sprays all over the room and you can hear the gurgle sounds from his throat as he falls to the ground. The other two creatures are frozen in disbelief and once they gather their senses they rush to Dragonfly's lifeless body and start looking at each other as though they're arguing. Then they both look over at Sarah standing next to the bed with her sharp knife in a defensive position. They scramble immediately in fear and pick up Dragonfly's lifeless body and drag him out of the window. Sarah watches cautiously waiting for the retaliation but nothing happens. 
She then rushes to the window and slams it closed and locks it. Sarah does not know if they'll ever come back or what they really wanted, but she knew if they ever did, she'd be ready for them. It's just one of those things that are like the anticipation. I mean, I get it that she, they fucked with her, you know, until she got revenge, but now she's got to be on her guard the whole time. I know, for the rest of her life. That sucks, man. (laughs) That sucks. Like, you got to. She held her own. Yeah, she she did. But now she's got to pay the price, right? Maybe. Well, maybe they'll never come back. Maybe, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing, though. You don't know. Like, it could be, like, 20 years. You know, they can wait things out and uh, just get it when she least expects it, right? Or maybe her child. Take vengeance. Had... Yeah. Damn, that sucks. You that's... killed my brother. Exactly. Now I'm going to kill your family. <sighs> Ooh, that's tough, man. That's fucking little piece of shit. She deserves nah, it. I... <laughs> I think that the more scary than anything is, like, having to know, not knowing if they'll ever come back. That's the thing. It's the anticipation. Yeah. You know, you don't know if, like I said, it could be in 10 years. It can be in 25 years. It can be t- when you're like 70 and you're in an old folks home or something. And, oh, guess who's here? And I, let's see you fight back now. You know, we're going to torture you. Or even you. like, yeah, or even maybe she started a fucking war. So they come back with <laughs> the Exactly. <whole> <laughs> yeah, I know. The time of man has ended. It's time, it's time for the It's time All for the fairies. Little girl slashed someone's throat. Yeah. Damn. That's That's crazy. I don't. I don't envy that her. That's too bad. All right, so we're going to take a break. and we come back, we're going to do the main topic, which is uh, creepy calls for help. So um, these are a few calls you know I read about on the internet. These are some of these are well known, but I got some audio that we're also going to play on some of these where there were actually calls were made to nine one one where people were asking for help that just didn't get it, unfortunately. So again, it's too bad these these calls are some of these are kind of sad, they're kind of creepy, but um, I just don't I don't think we'll ever find out what happened to some of these people, and that's that's the shitty part. That's the thing that really sucks when, like, reading, you know, investigating these things, you know, just, just like, mm-hmm. people go, just, you know, disappear all the time or get murdered and cases go unsolved and some of this, that's what a lot of this is. So, I got this first person here, Brandon Swanson. So, Brandon Swanson was a 19-year-old student at Minnesota West Community College when on May 13th, 2008, around 2 a.m., he crashed his car into a ditch on his way home from a party. So, thankfully, he was unhurt. So he called his parents, you know, hey, come get me. So, was, you know, they agreed, you know, but they were going to, hey, stay in contact with us, you know, stay on the phone while we drive to pick you up. Well, Brandon wasn't exactly sure where he was at. And he figured that he must be near a town called Lind because he could see the lights in the distance. So he mm. told his dad, on the, you know, as he's talking on his phone. He said he would walk there and meet him in a parking lot of a local bar. So he stayed on the phone with his dad as his dad was, you know, getting ready to, you know, go get him. And they were on the phone for 47 minutes. You know, the dad was on his way. And, you know, they're just talking casually, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Son's walking to the dark, you know, to the town. And the dad, as as Brandon's talking, he, he hears Brandon just say, oh, shit. And the call disconnects. Mm-hmm. 
So after hearing this and not managing to find his son, despite searching desperately, because he got to where he thought his son was at, he looked just desperately, vigorously. They couldn't find him, so they called the cops. They called the Lynn police to declare him missing. So a cell phone tower data was examined, and it was found that Brandon had been calling from a town called Taunton, which is about 25 miles away from Lind. So he was in the wrong area all the way completely. So a search was launched in the area, and, and soon his Chevy was found north of State Highway 68. But after 30 days searching in the area, Brandon and his phone were never located, and his, his remains were never found, and it's been a mystery to the day. Oh, man. Can How you imagine awful. that? That's horrible, Dude, man. That, yeah, like your son and all yeah. of a sudden just disappears like that? I mean, something happened to him. I mean, you know, the son, you just hear your son's last words, like basically trauma, you know? Yeah, like you got hit by a car or something. So, you know, or something. somebody jumped you. Or, or, he, yeah, or, or yeah. he saw something like at the last second, right, right as it was coming at him. He just barely saw it. Oh, shit. And that was it. Hmm. It's too bad, man. It's too bad. That's weird that he, like he, well, he probably didn't know where he was, and and you know obviously nobody knows if he was drunk. I mean nobody they, they never said in the case if he was drinking or anything. So uh, it's 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 just too bad they don't know. And he was he was lost. You know he thought he was in one town, but he was twenty five miles away. I mean, yeah, that's what I think is weird. Like how do you how do you, how do you confuse that? that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, he might um he might have been under the influence of something. Again, we won't no, know. True. Yeah, we we don't know. But again, the, the the problem is always, especially, is that something happened to him out there in the dark, and it's like we'll never know. So many of these cases, you know, people get buried in forests or wherever, and, and you're just if they're ever found, it's by luck, you know, years later or something, you know. But well, they found the vehicle, right? They found the vehicle, but I'm saying him, nothing. Yeah, I know, but it's like, dang, I think it'd be be somewhere near it. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Whoever got him probably took him further away and buried him somewhere else it's too bad so this next story i got here is from joanne peterson so on february 19th 1983 joanne peterson was visiting mall in chilliwick british columbia with her sister and cousin this one this 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 fyi this one to me is pretty shitty but i mean it it sucks what i mean shitty is because on the way back home the sisters had an argument, which led to the two older girls running into the house and locking the door behind them, leaving the 10-year-old Joanne outside in the cold, dark night. That's pretty fucked up. That's the part that pisses me off. Mm-hmm. So after numerous attempts to get inside failed, and there was no chance of her older sister letting her in, Joanne left and made her way to a payphone. So basically outside her house, can't get in because her bitchy sister locked her out. She fucking has to go to a payphone. Again, this is the 80s, right? No cell phones. So. <laughs> yeah. Early 80s, even at that. So at 8 p.m., she called her parents and asked to be picked up. So her dad answered, and he said, I'm going right now. I'm coming to pick you up. Here's your mom. Talk to her. You know, you know, mom will come for you. Keep you company as I go get you. You know, she, she was, she was, you know, freaking out. You know, 10 years old. Fucking yeah. parking lot Locked somewhere. Out of the house. So... When when he handed the phone over to to mom, you know, Joanne's mother took the phone. She heard a gruff, irritated male voice who told her that if they were not there in 30 minutes, he would call the police. And then the call just abruptly ended. So her parents were freaked out and they fucking both raced to the payphone. And when they arrived, Joanne was nowhere to be seen. So witnesses claimed to have seen Joanne at the payphone with a white man in his 30s wearing a dark jacket. 
Another witness claimed to see Joanne and the strange man in a cream-colored car with a green roof. However, that's where the trail ends. 35 years later, over 35 years later, there's no trace of Joanne has ever been found. Oh, that's so sad. I know. And then it's all because of that stupid shit, you know. I mean, her older sister's got to be fucking kicking herself. I'd hope so. Yeah, how, you can, how do you live with yourself after that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I've done shit like that where, you know, you lock the sisters out of the house for... Yeah, you know, but I mean... But not not to the point where the, you know... They have to take off. You know, you do it for a couple minutes, and then you, you know, you fuck with them, yell them at the window. You're not gonna come in. Yeah. But just to lock her out and at night. I know. So the next one I have here is another, sadly, another young girl. And this is Antoinette Galladito. So, Antoinette Galladito was living with her mom and her two sisters in Gallup, New Mexico, when at 3 a.m. on April 5th. 1986 she went to investigate a knock at the door so as soon as the door opened she was snatched by snatched up by two men and thrown into a van which sped off so the mom didn't notice her you know the daughter missing until the next morning you know where then she contacted the cops so there was basically no trail like nothing to really go on right somebody knocked on the door she opened the door snatched her that's it but uh and of course, the trail quickly turned cold until about a year later when Gallup Police Department received a chilling phone call from a young girl, which I'll play right now. Here we go. So basically, I mean, could you hear her? She's like, I'm an yeah, Antoinette. Like she's like struggling. Yeah, and then they said, who said you can use the phone, right? So unfortunately, the call was too short, you know, and so it couldn't be traced. And the mom, you know, the, the mother, her, her name was Penny. She confirmed that that was her daughter's voice. And, you know, th- you know, there was this quick call, and the family got lo- the hopes up a little bit, but mm-hmm. there was never anything. They didn't hear any- anything from her until 1991. When uh, there was an unconfirmed uh, report from a waitress in Carson City, which is in Nevada, who noticed a teenage girl matching Antoinette's description dining with an unkept-looking couple. So after the, the, the people left, she found an SOS scrawled on a napkin under the girl's plate that simply said, quote, help me, and call the police, unquote. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that was the last anyone has seen of Antoinette. And sadly, you know, the mom, Penny, died in 1999, and she'll never know what happened to her daughter. Oh, damn. You know, I, 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 you know, when I read, when I was reading about this, and I remember, I think it was, I think I heard about this on Unsolved Mysteries, because I remember, like, the waitress talking about that, about, um, you know, the girl, when she was with the couple, she seemed kind of like, like, you know, she was confined, like, she couldn't look at the waitress, she couldn't say anything, Mm-hmm. She could only answer when spoken to. Like, she was basically, you know... Like a slave. Yeah, of. kept in check. And she thought it was weird, but she, you know, she didn't know anything, right? She doesn't... But she had nothing to say or do about it, so... Um, until she got the... She saw the... You know, she's cleaning up, and she saw the napkin. But, you know, it was too late. I, I think that sucks, so... Man, that... Ugh. I know. That's so heartbreaking to... 
she's trying to call and you know all those attempts to try to you know get out of there yeah and she just can't do it just can't yeah just basically i think that's kind of weird though like if they're like at a restaurant you know you think like oh i'll just fucking take off you know, I, th- I think I think I think what I kind of read, you know, when I read about some of this stuff is they they basically, you know, mentally beat the person down so bad. Yeah, that they're kind of scared. To they're do scared it. to do anything. Right. If you leave, we're going to kill your mom. We're going to kill your sister. Oh, yeah. Right. Stuff like yeah. that. Things like that, you know, and, and but they, you know, they mentally break them down so that they don't they're they're just totally scared. And they're basically um, a servant to them, you know, and it's yeah. it's, it's too bad. But they're little kids, too. Exactly. So they, don't they don't know any better. Exactly. She's just a little girl, and as she grows up, you know, she's maybe one day, you know, eventually they'll she can break out of it. But you know, you know, it, it just sucks. The whole thing sucks. So I got this next one here, Brendan Lawson. So at eleven thirty p.m. on August eighth, twenty thirteen, Brendan Lawson called his father and announced that he was on his way to visit him. <clears throat> sorry, at eleven thirty on August eighth, twenty thirteen, Brendan Lawson called his father and announced that he was on his way to visit him in Crowley, which is a three-hour drive from his home in San Angelo, Texas. So at twelve thirty a.m., Brendan called his brother Kyle and told him that he had run out of gas on Route two seventy-seven. So following the call, Brendan also called nine one one asking for help, which I'll play now. Here's a call. Well, emergency. Yes, I'm in the middle of the field. The site we're just pushing guys over. basically that was it so it sounded like he had basically ran into somebody and the, and the person was like like attack like you know coming after him mm-hmm. so wh- what was hap- what happened though is that <clears throat> his brother Kyle you know who had called he arrived there towards where what Brandon had said you know at 1:18 a.m. and he was greeted by an officer who was who was attending the scene because of other 911 calls made by passing motorists regarding Brandon's abandoned car, right? So other people called the cops saying there's an abandoned car here. So when Brent, Kyle showed up, the brother, other cops were there. So Kyle didn't mention anything to the deputy. You know, he didn't tell him that Brandon, he was there to find his brother because his brother Brandon, the one who was missing now, um, he had outstanding warrants. So he didn't want to tell the cops about his brother's name or anything, right? So unfortunately, both Kyle and the officer were unaware that Brandon had already called 911 asking for, for the police. So whatever situation Brandon was in, right? Brandon had warrants and everything. Whatever the situation was that he was that he called the cops for, superseded his warrants. Right? He was scared. Yeah. Something, you know, he needed help. Fucking come arrest me! I don't give a fuck. Just save me, basically. So there was theories that Brandon had relapsed and he was high on drugs or he decided to disappear, start a new life, you know, but the case is still open and unsolved and his family, you know, they remain convinced that he was a victim of foul play. I mean, it, it, you know, you could hear in his voice that he was basically like, fucking come help me, you know, like, yeah, some, somebody was after him. Exactly. And so that's, that's, that's just, uh, that's too bad. That's crazy, but it's too bad. 
Now, I got this next one here. This one's it's a little bit. It's pretty bad as well. So, okay. this one there's not a lot of details on it. This recording here, but this occurred, you know, in 1988. This woman named Ruth Price. So she was an elderly woman living alone, you know, in the United States when she called 911 to report a prowler outside of her outside of her house. So not long after Ruth explains that she's home alone, she lets rip with a blood-curling scream. Well, you can hear like muffled thumps. You can hear this over the receiver, and and um, it just ends in silence. And again, what I when I was reading about this and stuff, they were talking about like nine one one operators use this as like a, um, you know, how how to do like training like and training? stuff. Yeah, oh. but it's 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 pretty creepy. It's pretty sad, and so. We don't, we don't know what happened to Ruth Price, unfortunately. Like, here we go. What's the problem, ma'am? Oh, there's some guy been um, taking the place out. Oh, well, he went in the back. I have an apartment in the back, and he said he was looking for a guy. And he comes to my door. And... Yeah. And uh, said he's uh, looking for an apartment. That's basically how it ended right there. Yeah, that was that was creepy. <laughs> I know, man. Isn't that, that's, Holy shit! That was totally that was that was that was totally creepy. I mean, it's just like, oh man, I, poor lady. It's just because you know that she's she's dead. That she brutally murdered. Make it after that, yeah. Yeah, brutally murdered. Oh. I know. It's like I said. There's not a lot of details on this. It was just like I said. It's a. It's it's a 911 call for help, you know, a, mm. a cry for help, but sadly nothing. So how, how do they use this for the training? They, um, um, cause there's really not much to it. It's, 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 it's how, you know, the, like the, um, how the operator, you know, she, she, she used, you know, correct operating procedure, you know, like she, she heard everything and she, you know, she stepped, she stayed on there and she tried getting the responders there. She didn't like freak out. Cause there's, there's certain, um, 911 operators. I don't know if you've probably read about it or heard about it. They, they, they handle situations really bad, mm-hmm. you know, they, and, and this one, this lady there, she just stayed and listened and she tried to, you know, help her, but she mainly like, listen, like try to get as much information yeah and tried to hear as much you know so that the, you know as it's it, everything's recorded so that they could try and piece it together later oh um it's like i said i i think being a 911 operator would be very difficult honestly you know yeah this would be like emotionally draining it would be hear all the all the crazy shit that goes yeah on. Man, i don't know if i could do that yeah you know it, it takes a certain type of person to do it and you know, thankfully we have people that do it. And again, there's our stories of, you know, shitty 911 operators. And again, either they're, either they're really shitty or, and they don't give a fuck, or maybe they just kind of freak out, you know, cause sometimes you think you're going to be okay until you get in a situation and then you're like, Oh yeah. fuck. Right. So I, I don't know. It, it could be either or, but 
Yeah, I thought, th I thought that was pretty, pretty gruesome, you know, call. So, got this last one here. This one's more right up my alley. Those other ones are kind of scary, but this one's more up my alley. So, All right. um, this happened in good old Washington State. So, this has ha happened around sometime in 1990. So, it's two two calls. That, they don't splice together, but both recordings are edited, and they both clearly come from the same confused and distressed gentleman from his house. So he's, you can hear on this tape, he's obviously at loss to explain what's happening. And he's, and he's sober and he's logical, but he doesn't know what the fuck's happening. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. All right. like a Bigfoot, man. <laughs> Jesus. That is Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, I, mean, I know Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, shit, Shaq's, yeah, he was like 6'11". Shaq's in my backyard. Yeah, but I mean, you could, this guy was like distressed. I feel, I don't feel like he was like, you know, it didn't inebriated sound like anything. I feel like, like he joking was, joking or, yeah, I feel like he was like serious. Like, I mean, something killed his dog, threw his dog over the fence, you know, like, like a rag doll, and it's staring back at him. Damn, man. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> he, and this he is seems like 1990, scared. right? Yeah, it was like 1990. It was, it was kind of sucks. So like, like now, like everyone has, you know, your phone. You could have camera on the yeah, yeah. Record all that shit. Yeah, not, not, no, not then. You know, remember when we had those big old yeah. camcorders that were pretty. Yeah, shady. you have to break out the giant camcorder. Yeah. And put the, and yeah, with the, the big battery, battery pack. Which is bigger yeah. than the camera. And no, no, no. It lasts and again, about 20 this, seconds. And this was at night too, right? So it's even gonna be worse with that camera. Yeah. But this guy, man, can you can you imagine that? He looks out the window, the thing's just staring at you. It's like fuck, <laughs> fucking standoff, man. Jesus. The only thing, the only thing that makes you think it's fake is like his dog was killed, and he didn't have any like emotional to it. I don't. Well, you I know? mean, well, he was saying something killed my dog. I don't know. I mean, he he seemed. But it seems like he was just saying that something killed his dog, but it wasn't like. 
Well, he said he said he said something. His dog flew over his fence. He says I didn't see a car coming, so he didn't think his a car had hit it and you know knocked the dog over. Which, I know, but he but the way he said it, it was almost like like there was no emotion to it. You know, like if this is your dog, you'd have some like bond to it. I think you know you'd be like more like oh my dog, you know, freaking know. out. I, I, maybe I, I maybe I, I you could be right, but I mean he just I, I don't know. To me, he seemed like he. My opinion is that he, I felt like he was genuine, like he didn't know what was going on. I think he was more perplexed versus, Maybe. yeah, you know, like he, like he wasn't trying to deduce what it was. I mean, the only thing he deduced that it wasn't a car because I didn't see any lights. There was no car passing by, yeah. but I think he was more perplexed. Like, what the fuck? Like, like my dog just went fucking went flying into my in my yard. Like, what oh, the fuck yeah, does that's that? True. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, can see, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Like he's more like, what the fuck? I don't know. I I think that was pretty crazy. I. I, it was a call for help, and we do know that in our state, you know, there's tons of Bigfoot sightings. So, whether he, he's real or not, I don't know, but this guy saw something. I think he saw something. This guy something. thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I, you know, like I said, some of these were, were pretty chilling. I, I felt like they were pretty chilling. Uh, they were pretty sad. You, you know, I... I yeah. So, yeah. It, like it's too bad. one was, oh, that one was... Creepy. That one like gave me chills. Right? I know. I know. <laughs> I felt I I felt bad for her, and I felt bad for Antoinette. You know, because the little girl. Yeah. You know, you know that she's held against her will, and you know, why why people would do that? Who knows? Maybe they couldn't have kids on their own, and so we're just gonna fucking take one. Oh, there's that one. That, what was that girl's name? The one that where they that couple stole her. It was like a little blonde girl. The uh, John John uh, Benet Ramsey. No, not Betty Ramsey. It was like a Elizabeth Smart. Elizabeth Smart, okay. No, it just kind of that that one kind of reminds me of the the Elizabeth Smart story, <clears throat> where they kind of kept her. She like she yeah. was there for for a little while. And yeah. She, you know, they were telling her like they'll kill the, her parents and just basically keeping her there. And they was she the one that they were like like raping and stuff? I think so. Oh God, I don't know why you'd want to rape some little anybody, but you know, a little girl. It's fucking doesn't make sense to me but yeah that's these these are pretty fucked up but you know hopefully one day they'll get closure to these cases i mean especially for the parents you know that's that's got to be hurting the most you know dad talking to his phone talking to his son and his son just you know yelps and yeah because it's sad because you don't know what happens there's no there's no closure on it no no that's what makes I mean, it's a bad situation already, but just to have no closure makes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it make it worse. Yeah, people are people are cruel, man. People are cruel. I think that's enough for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, this is pretty pretty bummed out episode. Yeah, <laughs> don't listen, goddammit, don't listen to this. Don't don't. It's just like the rest of the movies that we watch. The first yeah. parts are pretty good, but yeah. then, <laughs> then it fizzles out. Yeah, it fizzles out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's probably enough for tonight. So let's uh, thank you for getting creepy with us, everyone. And uh, thank you for listening. And if the world doesn't end by then, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Or in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, there you go. Bye. <laughs>